Hey everyone, welcome to episode 87 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. There goes our shot with it's another over. beautiful yep. princess. Off the market. Derek and Steve present... They're a fun, gorgeous couple. I love them as a couple. I'm glad they got married. They had to have their wedding three days later than they did. I refuse to believe that Kate Upton couldn't make that work. (laughs) But the difference here would be like if you get divorced, you're like actively undoing the way by which you became princess. Makes us uncle princes. Uncle prince uncles. Yeah. Prince uncles. Step prince dads. Step prince dads. Yeah. Step prince dads. Step. If your if your daughter if your son (laughs) marries a princess, you are a step prince dad. Prince dad. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 87 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, not much, Derek. Back we are uh, recording another morning episode. Yeah, morning episode. Uh, all thanks to the Celtics. Yep. Celtic season seems to throw off our Monday night recordings <laughs> you, quite a bit. You will be happy to know that I think that's the last Monday night game in quite a while. Really? Um, I will actually pull it up right now okay. so that we can find out. as a little sneak preview of sports. We can give you a Celtics schedule with ref- with as it pertains to Monday nights. Wow. Because I know you guys are all wondering about that. You don't get that kind of content anywhere else. Seriously, you don't. The Celtics' next home Monday night game that I am going to um, is on February 26th. That's good. So that's a little ways away. Well, that's very good because that's a long time. And that and is the mo- the actually their are last tough. one. They're actually, that's their last Monday night game for the season. Until the playoffs. Wow. Well, then so, good. And they have a Monday night game on Christmas, but we will not be podcasting and I will not be going. So Good. Um, so that's good. We actually have a very interesting episode for you today. We've got uh, good BC news, very little pop culture, and then a lot of sports. There's a lot of interesting topings, to- yeah. topics happening in sports It's today. a big sports time. So. Um, so we'll kick it off, Derek, with everybody's favorite topic. <laughs> I know I say that for everyone. But it is. It's just it everyone's is. favorite topic. Uh, the BC update. Got another dude! Hey! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy. Bronco Nagurski Award. Ultimate dudes. Got another dude! O-line you, bunch of dudes. Alrighty, so uh, the BC update brings us into it, and I know I kind of make a comment about this every time we hear that intro, but the intro is just so much more tolerable when the, when, when the team is okay and yeah. I'm more in favor with the coach than I was previously. Even the, even the phrase is tolerable. <laughs> yeah. Like, got another dude. They're all dudes. If you're yeah. winning, you're all dudes. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So uh, Boston College obviously has not played since our last podcast. Uh, we talked about their strong ending to the season, and then we awaited on Sunday – um, right during NFL Sunday, which is a strange time that they do the college bowl selection process. I don't know why that's yeah. not leveraged on Monday night or something. But um, we wait on Sunday during the NFL slate to find out where BC is headed. Um, and as it turns out, one of the very popular picks did ring true. Uh, Boston College gets invited to the Pinstripe Bowl for the second time in the last uh, four years, I think. Um, clearly, the Pinstripe Bowl committee likes BC. And they send the invite uh, for Boston College to face Iowa. Now, 
this matchup isn't sexy to a lot of the yeah. uh, neutral college football fans. It's a two fundamentally sound, good defensive, good running game teams yeah. that a lot of people are unhappy about. The matchup from a neutral, like wanting to see some fireworks perspective. From BC's perspective, I think it's a great matchup. Yeah, so the, uh, let's start. It's it's two prong. Let's talk about the bowl and then then yeah. the game. So the bowl, very happy about the pinstripe bowl. Yep. Um, 2014, BC played Penn State, uh, lost in a heartbreaker, 31 to 30, with a missed extra, o- point. extra point in overtime. In overtime, yeah. <laughs> which is terrible. Because well, like you score the touchdown that you need to tie the game in overtime. It's like let's go. We're going to double overtime. And it's not and the NFL where you you're kicking from the 30. Yeah, you're kicking from. Three yards out. Yeah. And they missed the extra point. So that yeah. was terrible, terrible, terrible. We were all there. It was an unfortunate um, – you were there too. No, you yes. weren't. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you I were. was there. Um, it was a long day. Though. Yeah, it was a long day. Um, so the bowl itself I'm happy about. I mean, I, I, I like to spread it out. I like – I really enjoyed the bowl when we were out in California. I like when we bounce around. Um, but of bowls that you're going to repeat, Pinstripe Bowl is a good one. It's close to B.C., mm-hmm. We can get a lot of. It's basically going to be a home game for BC. I would assume so. I would assume I mean, so. BC I don't know how. Iowa, <clears throat> I don't know how well Iowa travels. Yeah, I don't either. So, so I guess we'll find it's out. It's certainly a tougher trip for Iowa than for BC fans. And so. Iowa has also been very good recently. So this is kind of par for the course for them. This mm-hmm. type of bowl or this tier of bowl. So I don't know if they're going to be very excited to travel right. to New York to watch Iowa play BC. BC, right? Um. We've we've seen some games in baseball stadiums before. They're yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, it's a little kitschy, but uh, I think the experience was good last time, so I'm very excited about that. I agree. The game itself. So you're right. Iowa is a fundamentally sound. They're a Midwestern cornbread team. Um, they've got a lot of good playmakers, but uh, I think they're seven and four as well. I think seven and five. Seven I think, and five. Yeah. So. They're ma- let's see who they've lost to because I, I remember them having they, very high expectations. Yeah, the season. I think they had I think they had an underwhelming season. I think they lost some games they probably shouldn't have lost, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, the obviously the big thing on Iowa's schedule is their their Ohio State win, which uh, Iowa has gotten a lot of press for that singular reason because it's the reason that Ohio State is not in the playoff. Yeah, <laughs> is that Iowa destroyed them fifty five to twenty four. Um, that said, so uh, yeah, so if you're looking at their schedule as well, they had the close loss to Penn State, number yep. nine. So that's still pretty, you know, 21 to 19. They lost to them. They beat Iowa State, who I think is a decent team. They're at least bowl eligible. Um, they did have a good schedule. They had they had, num- schedule, they had yeah. number nine Penn State, number 18 Michigan State, number yep. 20 Northwestern, five Ohio State, uh, and six Wisconsin. Six Wisconsin. That, yeah, that's yeah. So four top 25 or five top 25. And they teams. did only beat one of them. Right, they did only beat one of them, but if you look at these five top twenty-five matchups, except for the Wisconsin game, they kept them all uh, within a possession, and yeah. then they 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 destroy Nebraska. And the one they beat was Ohio State, the best of of them yeah, all. Right. So th- we are looking at a good team. They yeah, they, for sure. They lose to the teams they're supposed to lose to, beat the teams they're supposed to, similar to Boston College. <laughs> yes. Um. So, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I won't be able to attend. I'm going to be ho- at home in Florida. I know a lot of our friends are trying to attend, which is going to be awesome i wish i could mm-hmm. um are, are you, were you planning on going i'm not sure yet i, I haven't decided that right now i'm leaning towards not because of the timing between christmas and the ski trip that we're going on but you could end up changing on that um it looks like the opening spread for this game is boston college is a three-point underdog so interesting uh, pretty close line 
um, which probably makes sense uh, to me. I think I obviously am optimistic and think that BC is better, but I mean, Iowa has a Iowa has been there recently, whereas um, BC has not been as as consistently there as far as being a really good team. Um, so hey, I, this game I think that the neutral fans that are somewhat bummed about this game probably have a right to be. I don't think if you're if you're not an AJ Dillon fan, <laughs> this might not be the most exciting game. You gotta <laughs> but, be an AJ like, Dillon. I mean, fan. Everyone's gotta be an AJ Dillon fan. But j- j- if you if you don't know who he is, you gotta obviously watch him. But I understand that the idea that, especially with BC's starting quarterback injured still, that this won't be a high-flying, high-octane offensive game. We need to kind of use the formula we used the last couple of weeks with Darius Wade, which is that he's going to make the throws he needs to on these rollouts and these play actions. But really, the offense has to revolve around the running game with yeah. both A.J. Dillon and John Hillman, who played great, by the way, the last time this team went to the pinstripe bowl in, in Yankee Stadium. So Yeah. Um, so we've got some time in, until that. That uh, The New Era Pinstripe Bowl is on December 27th at Yankee Stadium. Um, it's BC's fourth bowl appearance under Adazio. In five years. In five years, yeah. which for all the crap we give him, he gets to bowl games. It's true. And um, and we so we talked about this when they became bowl eligible, is that there's there's still one bowl in there that I am not writing off as a success for him. Yeah. Last season was not successful. Yeah. Six but, and I mean, six. The stat is the stat. Yeah, the stat's the stat. It's true. Four bowls in five years. Um, it's also BC's first opportunity at an eight-win season since 2009. Mm, so eight wins is a good season. Eight wins is definitely a good season, and we talked at length about the fact that they really should have another win if Anthony Brown doesn't get hurt because they really – I mean, they would have beat NC State if Anthony or Brown didn't get hurt. if they played anyway – even close to, to how they played in the second half. Is in the first In, in half. the first, yeah. they'd be I mean, in the college football playoff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's obviously pushing it a little bit but and is, is hyperbole, but the it's kind of not uh, a total joke when you when you look at, like, that game against Clemson, for instance. It was 7-7 in the fourth quarter. Like, if A.J. Dillon's running the way that he is now in that game, like, you don't know how that game unfolds. So there, there's a lot of games earlier in the year that you can, you can point to and say – this could have been a lot different uh, with BC having competitive uh, or lead situations in in the early second half. So, um, so we'll see. BC uh, BC football is going to the pinstripe bowl, ver- uh, facing Iowa, and we will uh, circle back to that game as it gets closer to give a little bit more of a preview. Maybe if I've learned a little bit more about Iowa or <laughs> um, figuring out what else BC's uh, looking at with that game. So, anything else on the BC update? That's it. I'm excited. I like the pinstripe bowl a lot, um, and I'm happy for BC. We we deserve it this year. Yeah, we do. So that brings us into period number two, which is going to be pop culture. So we have a loaded up pop culture segment for you today. It's not you loaded. Can, you can hear the sarcasm. <laughs> but you could call it stuffed. You could call it stuffed. And why is that, Steve? <laughs> so I've got some important Taco Bell news for you. Um, so Taco Bell is apparently testing out a burrito or with French with French fries, basically. It's a French fries stuffed burrito. I have no idea what it's going to be called. Um, but I, I know I made an announcement on the podcast last week or two weeks ago that Taco Bell was going to be testing French fries, which I'm out on. I, I think they've got their yep. medium. It's like yep. it's like releasing a burger. 
It's not yeah, in your no. food group. Right. Uh, it's funny, but it's not in your food group. So I'm out on French fries. Like I said, I'll try them. I'll love it. I'll support it. Um, although, hear me out. I think a Taco Bell burrito stuffed with a nice crispy French fry would be very good. And they basically already have that burrito yeah. on the menu. It's called like the potato stuffed burrito. <laughs> right. So I don't know what the the gimmick is here beyond just just make the potatoes crispier. Just make the potatoes right. crispier. Exactly. That would solve the issue. So that's being tested, I think, all out in California. Um, it'll never make its way to the East Coast. People are way too uptight here to yeah. eat a burrito stuff with the French, French fries. fries. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, though. I think it's all about the message you're delivering and just tweaking it. Like, so Taco Bell does breakfast, right? Correct. So make some real hash crispy browns. hash browns. Correct. And just, like, keep the burrito thing, the potato one, but use the hash browns as the potato. Listen to this, Derek. crispier. I don't know if this would work. All day Taco Bell breakfast. Merge the two. Oh. So start serving midday wow. hash brown egg burritos. Would people buy that at midday? Um, or put a little sure, ground yeah. beef. Put a little of the ground beef in the breakfast food. Something so like that. That could work, but I mean, I'm I don't love breakfast food no. in general, but if you mix it up with Taco Bell, of course I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I don't know if I would expand the breakfast menu to be all day, but I would put the hash browns in the burrito. Okay, so, uh, that's, that's where I'm at on that. That's like, gonna be a. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be one of our quotes, for, intro, for, yeah. intro quotes for next week. Yeah, I mean it was very. That's that's my stance. That's how you feel. It's a distinct, okay, so we we won't harp on this topic too much. But Taco Bell, I I love that they're trying to change the game. They're the only yeah. people out there who are actually just <laughs> giving it all a shot and seeing what works. Um, yeah, so that's it for Taco Bell news. Yep. <laughs> I gotta um, make this effect differently because there's like a one second lag at the beginning of the effect too so it's like you it makes to... it seem like I'm even later than I am because yeah. I finally get around to it and then it still waits like a half a second Taco before. Bell news you're right see man. I was on it there that time you're on but, it and you couldn't yeah. get it um, okay oh well. so moving on from pop culture that brings us into sports Okay, so we have a actually packed yeah, pretty, sports pretty section. Yeah, pretty good amount to talk about here. Um, it's all very interesting news, though. So it's yeah. not like we're just going to hammer home Patriots this time, this yeah. week. We're going to talk about college football playoffs are officially set. All bowls are actually set, but we're not yeah. going to get into that yet. We'll right. just we'll do talk about the original matchup. Breakdown later. Tiger Woods is officially back. Yeah. Um, quotes around back. back. <laughs> uh, Jimbo Fisher is out at FSU and at Texas A&M. Shahoe Otani, the uh, I think Japanese. I didn't actually look I it up. Think so, yeah. Um, the Babe Ruth of Japan. The Babe Ruth of Japan has announced that he only wants a few different markets. We'll let you know what those are. Um, ben McAdoo is out as head coach of the Giants. Lavar Ball pulls Lee Angelo out of UCLA, and of course, we will talk about the Patriots and the Gronk hit. And then last night, Monday Night Football, uh, Bengals and Steelers was brutal. I think three people had to be carted off. Um, these these are two teams that hate hate each other, and it was a uh, yeah. a throwback game for sure. So yeah. let's kick it off, Derek. What with college football? What are your f- initial thoughts on the college football playoffs? So the college, tell, first of all, tell the people what the matchups yep. are and what the controversy is. Yep. So the college football playoffs uh, were announced on Sunday, as I mentioned, right before all the bowls got announced. Uh, Clemson comes in at number one. No real surprise there. Number two is Oklahoma. 
also no surprise. Number three is Georgia, also no surprise. Number four was really the only spot up for grabs in this college football playoff after championship weekend transpired. It was really, uh, for all intents and purposes, a battle between Alabama and Ohio State. Alabama gets it in, gets it at number four. They get in to the college football playoff. Now, that's the controversial thing, and I find myself flipping back and forth on it. I'm I'm torn on it. I have conflicting uh, opinions that have been different in past years, and then uh, they come back every year, and it's like, what's more important? And so it's a very controversial topic. The reason it's controversial is that Alabama didn't make it to the SEC championship game, and uh, Ohio State, on the other hand, won the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, who was undefeated. Um, so that puts Ohio State at 11-2, and two, Bama at 11-1, and one, right? Uh, that's where the controversy comes in, because that's two teams with 11 wins, and one of them's a conference champion, the other didn't make it to their conference championship, yeah. right? When you, when you phrase it a certain way, it sounds very obvious who should be in. Mm. Um, what are your initial thoughts on that number four spot? So it is a weird dynamic. This is actually the probably the most confusing it would ever get, in my opinion, yeah, to where be. a better team on paper has one loss more than the team that makes it in. Mm-hmm. So, like, Ohio State, I think their only other loss was to um, Iowa. Uh, well, they got oh, smoked oh, by oh, Iowa, right, right, but right. They, they have two losses. Yes, yes. Um, if you could look that up. I know it's someone good. I think it's Georgia. Uh, let me see. Or Oklahoma. I think it's Oklahoma. Oh, I think it is Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, someone else in the playoff. So both teams have a loss to a playoff team. Right. So you can you can cancel those well, out, in my opinion. No, no, no. Bama lost to Auburn, not Georgia. Auburn missed out. Auburn lost the Oh, the that's right. They lost but the yeah, championship they, game. They, they, top they both, 10 team. They both lost to a very, very good team. Yeah. Um, so those, those lo- losses kind of cancel right. out, in my opinion. Um, the second loss, Ohio State gets gets smoked by Iowa pretty recently, right? Uh, November fourth. So yeah. it was yeah, there was four or five games ago. So we're suffering from some recency bias here as well. So my opinion, I also now that it's so confusing, think that you have to win your division. It, it just makes win it, your division or your or conference. win your conference. Okay. Sorry, yeah, it's yeah. just so much easier to determine. And so much more fair to determine that in order to – you still may not make it into the playoff if your division stinks that year. Who knows? Um, the, the Power Fives obviously will, will most likely fill that spot. Yep. But you never know. But having Ohio State win their conference, beat plenty of good teams, have a great schedule, and get booted by Alabama seems a little wrong. And, I mean, yeah. I do think Alabama is the better team. Yeah. I, I think – see, that's that's where the issue comes in. This is where the issue comes in for me. So um, I was talking with our roommate Rob about this yesterday. Um, bring yourself back to whichever year it was. You remember the year that Bama got into the championship game against LSU? Remember that? Yeah. Bama missed out, lost to LSU in the regular season, did not make it to the SEC championship game because they lost to LSU. Uh, and they – it was them or Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was a lesser uh, known, you know, they weren't as high profile a team, Mm -hmm. but they had one loss and they won their conference. They won the Big 12. Um, They were number three and it was like, yeah, they should be in. Like Bama might be a better team than Oklahoma State, but Bama had their chance to beat LSU and they didn't beat them. Mm -hmm. So why should they be back in the championship game? That was my stance then. I was very against Bama getting back into that game. 
Bama won that game 21 to nothing. They were clearly the better team, but it was like they didn't deserve it. And then the conflict for me is that I'm pretty sure at that point in time, what I would have said exactly was that, hey, Bama should not get put back into this title game. If there was a playoff, I would definitely put them in. But oh, not yeah. If there was, but they can't go into this title game to just rematch with LSU. And so that's where my conflict comes in is that I, I think this is why we have the playoff. It's so that a team like Bama who gets who has one loss and like that one loss just yeah. keeps them out of the championship game but it doesn't mean they're the, they're not a, they're not one of the best teams. I think this is why we have the playoff. That's yeah. like part of that's what keeps flipping me back and forth with like the championship versus the only the thing no the thing that bothers me is that it's been and and this will rotate obviously but since we've had the playoffs yeah. these past couple of years it has been every advantage and every benefit of the doubt has been given to Alabama. Yes. So whenever there's an yeah. issue, it's given to Alabama. Whenever there's a maybe, it's given to They're like, oh, best team. They've always been. Yeah. They have the best coach, the best players. Like, yeah. I mean, they do have one loss to a good team. I, you should be in the playoffs if yeah. you're that good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. if yeah, the, the, the question needs to become, and they need to make it, they need to write this rule down. Yeah. Do you have to, because it's all very vague. Yeah. The yeah. committee decides off these very vague factors that are like, Literally, quote, like, best team. Yeah. like th- Which means nothing. Yeah, it's like, ambiguous. So um, I, I think they need to put in some more hard and fast rules about how you get in. And what yeah. the – like, there needs to be some – although that may cause, cause some controversy too, but I, it, I don't it, I don't think winning your conference would be a bad rule to, to Im- implement. Yeah. I, so, the, the, so there's always ways that you can poke holes in it. So because cause if you think about, like, a catastrophic scenario, if you look at – making the conference championship requirement, there are certainly some times and some years when the challenger in a conference championship game is, like, not that good of a team. You know, so, like, if you think of it, it's happened in the ACC in past yeah. years. Miami was good this year. But, like, Virginia Tech last year, I yeah. think, was the well, team look at, who played I mean, Alabama didn't Clemson. make theirs. Like, you, right, you exactly. make a, you get, you lose one random game in the season, right. and you may not make it to your conference. So yeah, that's the exactly. that's the other issue. And, and so it's like, um, there, there's, if, if we... If we think about, for instance, if, you know, again, if Georgia maybe wasn't as good as they are, but they still beat Auburn, right? So let's say Georgia was instead like a, like, let's say it was number 25 and it was Florida, right? And Florida goes in and they beat Auburn in that championship game that happened on Saturday. Then where are we? Where like Florida is the SEC champ and we have Auburn and Alabama like not getting into the playoff because Florida's automatically in because they won the conference. So yeah, they play spoiler. That, that, right, exactly. Well, they play spoiler, but then should they go into the playoff? No. That was a question. Right. So, and then as you go down the list, it's like, all right, are there enough good conference champions? Cause yeah. now if you're taking like the big or, you know, let's say you get the other four, I think I, I totally agree that there should be a huge advantage to winning a power five conference. But then once you get past the power five, the question is, is that like, should we still be putting in like the MAC champion over Alabama? I don't you know. I don't know. So then, like, think about it this year. If they if they did it that way, mm-hmm. Ohio State gets in. Obviously, Ohio State so would we, be in. we would have the four set. Ohio State, Clemson, but Oklahoma let, would still be the same. Yes. So uh, or, or would be in. Let's, and Georgia, actually, yeah. So so, but let's say that happens with two of the teams. So mm-hmm. you literally have to go outside the Power Five conference. Right. Like this year, it would be UCF, who yeah. went fifteen and zero. Yeah. And how cool would that be to have them in the play? Like you know, have like an yeah. underdog March Madness yeah. style. Play. I mean, I know, I know yeah. it's only four teams. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think you probably should expand it, but it's still yeah. going to be tough. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, because then you're just trending towards the the NFL football playoff, which yeah. is actually a very good playoff system. Yeah. But so uh, yeah, and so I guess this can bring to, um, 
a theory that I saw online like way back before the playoff was created as like a proposal for the playoff. And I, I recently remembered it and I am so in on it that I like it's I don't have any other. This is my only thing that I want them to do with the playoff. Um, I do think that eight is too many. I think that eight teams would be too many personally. Um, I want them to move to a six team playoff and the top two teams in the country get a buy into the final four, mm-hmm. you know, out of that. And you have to be a conference champion to be one or two. Like, so winning your conference is incentivized. Like if you want to get into the top two in the, in the country, you need to be a champion. The two best champions are one and two. Yeah. It usually three through six can be whoever. But that but, you know, the only problem with that is that brings us literally back to the BCS bowl system. I mean, yes, but where you're arguing over one and two. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Tough. But 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 I mean, being one and two is not the end of the world because three through six are going to get one yeah. game to play to get in to face those one and two teams yeah. in a playoff. It's just so, such a huge advantage. Yeah, a to to get a bye week after. Yeah. Well, I guess oh, they, yeah, all, they all kind of yeah, yeah. do. Uh, no, yeah, like a bye month. Yeah, but playing three yeah. straight games as those teams. Right. Right. Or would it be? It'd be three, well. Yeah. You'd have to stagger it. You'd have to play the like. You'd have to open bowl season with the first yeah. set of games, and Probably then midway true. through bowl season, you'd have to do the first round of the playoff, and then whatever. Or I don't, you know, the first round could be the same time. I don't hate be. that idea. I'm, I'm yeah. open to changing it. Like yeah. I could, I already could really care less about like yeah. the integrity of the playoff. We've only had it for a couple of years. So yeah. And if we want to try to mix it up, I'm fine. Yeah. With and of course, there would be some. There would still there's no matter what you set there's going to be the edge controversy right there always will be wherever the line is there's controversy around it because if if we use the system that I just said for example right where one and two um, get buys but they have to be champions so if you if you use that system this year right obviously Clemson is number one because they won the they won the conference in their number one seed but it would be a huge huge topic in fact the only topic if the if that playoff system was used this year would have been whether Oklahoma or Georgia is number two. Yeah. That would be the topic because which one of those two teams is going to get the bye and get number two. The rest of it wouldn't be a topic because it yeah. would be Ohio so, State, Wisconsin. Yeah. You, well, you have the same argument. So you're, you're never going to avoid that argument. So yeah. it's it's a moot point. But, yeah. Um, I do like the idea. I do like the matchups. I mean, so we've got number one Clemson versus number four Alabama, number two Oklahoma versus number three Georgia. I think the obvious better game is going to be Clemson, Alabama. That's a huge one. That's yeah. going to be so fun to They're both to watch. great games, though. Yeah. Uh, I think these two, these two matchups are awesome. Um, and then the championship should be good. So I, I think we're in for a very good bowl season. Yep. Um, but obviously we've got time. We'll, we'll start prepping up on our top four teams, yep. and, and we won't do a pick now. No picks now. We'll do picks later. But I'm going to – I'm going to give a uh, somewhat spoiler to my picks and say that my favorite part about this playoff, even though I don't like that Bama's in it, my favorite part is the chance for Clemson to go stomp on two SEC teams in a row to win the championship. That would be the most ideal scenario you could get as, a, as someone who is wanting to see the SEC bias go away a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but it's bit. hard. It's hard. It's hard for sure. But – the biggest joke I saw is that Bama is a favorite in this game. Did you see that? No. Bama is a two-point favorite right now. In That's this game, funny. Which is which is a joke. So against the um, number one overall team against Clemson, yeah, who they've lost to last year in the playoff, and who is just a better team than them. Yeah. So terrible. We'll see what happens. Uh, the college football playoffs are set. So moving on to the next topic, Tiger Woods is quote back unquote. So I have strong feelings about this. <laughs> I would like to hear your feelings first before I make a pool of okay. myself. I don't have strong feelings about this. Um, my only feelings about this are the same that they always are, which is that this is irrelevant until he wins a tournament or like does something better than shoot one round under seventy. Like, yeah, this this needs to be sustained more before I 
can justify media reaction to it and everyone being obsessed with it. Now, look, I understand that there, to a certain extent that's going to happen because Tiger Woods is probably the most iconic golfer we've ever seen. Like, like as far as just just image and like identifiability, he's probably the most iconic golfer we've ever seen in our lifetime. Sure. So, sure, there's going to be some of that, but. I just just stop like with being obsessed with that until he does something that matters. So that's my really all, my only stance. Okay, so I hate Tiger Woods. I hate him with a passion, and I think he should be banned from golf. I think anyone who likes him is a crazy person. Like he's not good for golf. Mm-hmm. All he is is a spectacle, and he's a degenerate who you're rooting for. Like I, I don't get the idea that you can root for such a terrible person just because they were very good. Like that's yeah. not a good argument. Yeah. Um, so Tiger Woods is is been m- accused of multiple multiple terrible things, um, a lot involving women, a lot involving drugs. A lot involved. He got pulled over for a DUI within the past year, being on a mix of alcohol and, and drugs. Um, so I'm not a big fan of Tiger Woods. I- I'm fine with the redemption story. I-, I do like Michael Vick now. He's a similar story. Yeah. He came back, played. Did he he put all of his efforts into rehabilitating himself and and his image? Tiger Woods hasn't really done that. Yeah. He's just been trying to play golf and being terrible. Yeah. And now everyone's rooting for him because he's terrible and may be back and played one good round. I'm I'm so out on Tiger Woods. Root for someone with good character and who is also good at the sport. Yeah. Like don't just be rooting for a bad guy who is also bad at the sport yeah. who was good at one time. Yeah. Um. So I'm very much out on Tiger Woods. It's kind of weird because like. You generally see fans defend athletes like this when they are behind the veil of a team. Like, yeah. like, okay, you know, I probably wouldn't encourage rooting for bad people, you know. And, and I don't think that there's a lot of bad people in pro sports, like really bad people. There there's are a few obvious a few. ones. There are a few, yeah. Um, but it's most common to see a fan look past that because he plays for their team, right? Like, that's the, that's the yeah. reason why someone would look past that. And it's like – to a certain extent, I can almost say that's fine because, like, you, you root for your team. And, like, there are a lot of people that are like, look, I, this is entertainment for me. I don't really care what they're like off the court or the field or the ice. And and I can't hate on that stance. But this is an individual sport. So there is yeah. no team. Yeah. This is just that person. And you're just rooting for that person. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that if in an individual sport, you should probably make it a requirement that the person is a good person for you to root for them. Yeah. And, so, and if – if you want to root for Tiger Woods, more power to you. I mean, he is now like the Darth Vader of yeah. golf. He is a very polarizing figure, which is fine. Yeah. Gol- I mean, golf look, does need a jolt, look, but I think there's better ways to do it, and that's on golf. That's not on the fans having yeah. to be like, oh, he's back. To me, it's in, it's all fueled by a generation that has nostalgia over it. That is it to me. I, yeah. I mean, like, I think every person you see on Twitter being excited that Tiger's back was watching the U.S. Open in 2008. When yeah. he when he had when he had a torn ACL and like had the hallmark like you can see it in your head when he hits that putt and does the fist pump in the red shirt like the it was like the weekend of like the NBA Finals too yeah. it was like like that's the iconic moment and it's purely out of a place of nostalgia I think in my opinion that anyone is rooting for Tiger Woods right now it's people who rooted for him before there's there's no other reason that you could root for him yeah like, and, and, and I'm not saying that's a valid reason but that's that's the reason that they are. Yeah, so. and, and and to to their credit a bit, it's also the fact that 
there hasn't been a consistent winner in golf. Yeah, there have been people have a for chance. For a year, for yeah. 10 years. Guys yeah. have had a chance, and they just can't. They just can't win. Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy. You can't win three majors, just yeah. win three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been a very up-and-down season, so people are probably just clamoring for anyone to root for. Yeah. Um, is I mean, you want to root for people who are good. Golf is a big bandwagon sport. You don't follow someone yeah. their entire career unless they're relatively good. Mm-hmm. Same with tennis. I mean, yeah. tennis, we, we are, we're spoiled with, like, you're either a Federer or a Nadal fan <clears throat> because you can be because they always yeah. win. Yeah. Golf, you don't have that anymore. So um, I I'm, I understand why he's back. <clears throat> I understand why why people would root for him. Mm-hmm. I'm just very out on it and hope he does terrible and hope he never comes back to golf and hope people realize that he's a terrible person. There we go. That's the hope. Is that too harsh? No, I think that's fine. <laughs> okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay, um, good. You don't have to wish for him to like die or anything. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> um, so – Brings us to the next topic. Jimbo Fisher out at FSU. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, it's a weird move, but Jimbo is out. He has moved on to uh, Texas A&M. He's not coaching FSU in the bowl game, obviously. He's there. He's at A&M. Been introduced and everything. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Jimbo? So we talked about this a tiny bit last week when it was yeah. happening. He's officially out. Um, signed a huge deal at Texas A&M. Um, I've read some more stuff about it, and it all seems it seems very pg um, basically, he kept asking for a lot. He kept asking and asking and asking, and, and FSU kept giving here and there, like facilities, coaches' money, whatever that he needed. They kept giving him. Uh, they expanded the seating in the stands. Um, so all on Jimbo's request, and he just kept asking. And I, I don't know what, what the straw that broke the camel's back was, but I think FSU was done giving, even for uh, an unbelievable coach like Jimbo. Also, I think he had his mind made up because. You you scratch and claw for good coaches in the NCAA nowadays in in football. So I think if if he was gonna stay, FSU would have done everything they could, mm-hmm. but they knew from the get go that he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, he's he's reuniting with an old. I think it's an AD. Um, he knew someone from um, his days at LSU uh, before he came to uh, Florida State. Um, and now they're working together, and he's mentioned it multiple times how they had this vision. They always talked about working together. Mm-hmm. There's this quote unquote oneness with Texas A&M. All these is like terms that don't actually mean anything. Yeah. But I think <laughs> he actually just really liked this guy that he's going yeah. to work for, and they also offered him a ton of money. Yeah. So it's it's a two pronged like listen, I love Florida State, but this is something I've always wanted was to work with this person to build a program, even though Texas A&M is already pretty built. Yeah. Um, and then also money. Right. Um, so the reactions from the fans are kind of funny. I mean, it's <laughs> people all still love him. No one's yeah. like out there hating his guts, but it's it's almost like you lost a best friend. People yeah. are just like sad. Yeah. You're just like, goodbye, Jimbo. Like, <laughs> it's kind of sad you did. Because they, they're, they're a little angry. He left in a weird way. Yeah. Um, he also doesn't have to sit out a year like a player would if you transfer, sure. which is a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, not that sitting out a year would do anything for a coach who was in the middle of his career. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's also one of those things that you look at and you're like, well, yeah. He literally transferred. Yeah. It's I mean, true. he had he had years left on his contract. It's true. Um he decided to take a yeah, take the money around. Coaching, coaching contracts make no sense to me. But. Um so 10 years, 75 million. Wow. So it's, it's a big contract. Yeah. It's a big contract. Um he was the sixth highest paid coach at Florida State and now he's the first highest co- uh, paid coach. So Right. I mean, if that's the difference in the money that does it yeah. for you, that's what does it. But I think he was out for number of reasons. Number of reasons, yeah. yeah. So there you go, Jimbo. Uh, questionable decision, I think, but uh, a lot of factors adding up that maybe uh, played into it for him. So 
Uh, next topic, the Babe Ruth of Japan. I'm going to let you brief us on this. I've got a hot take on the Babe Ruth of (laughs) Japan. Are you ready for this? Yep. So I already know the answer to this because it came out yesterday. But before this, he only wanted a small mark. So he he visited the the Twins. He visited the Yankees, the Red Sox, all these different teams. And he shut down the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Twins immediately, even though they're good. Yeah. And Yankees and Red Sox – specifically mm-hmm. and and he said i don't know if i could handle the pressure coming to america and starting off in such a big market mm-hmm. on the east coast it's further away from where i live people are going to be at my throat it's a very intense environment mm-hmm. you know what else is a small so he's looking for a small market team on the west coast so you know what else is a small market team on the west coast the tampa bay rays, the tampa bay rays. <clears throat> they're on the west coast of florida yeah, that's true so he's, got, he's caught in a loophole here. <laughs> so now he's going to eat his words and have to go to the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, so he basically already said he's going Exactly. There. The yeah. smallest market team is the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, and the, on, the most, on the best West Coast. On the best West Coast. Yeah, right. So I don't see how he doesn't join the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so Shohei Otani, you heard it here, second. You could be our first official MLB guest yep. if you'd like. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about the Rays in your, in your new start. <laughs> Um, no, but he has narrowed it down to, for, on on that criteria. Um, I think the the two top teams that were in the running were the Angels and the Mariners. Interesting. Uh, the Padres are also on the list. Giants yep. are also on the list, but Giants are a bit bigger market. Mm-hmm. Padres, uh, I didn't even know they're still a baseball team. I don't think he does either. <laughs> um, so Mariners are, and Angels are, are the top two on the list right now. Do we know if his intention is to be just a batter or just a pitcher, or is he actually going to try to do this whole both? He's thing? asked to do both. Interesting. Um, I have no idea which he's better at. Yeah. Um, so I honestly, he his name just popped up for the first time for me this week. This yeah. is the first time I've heard his name, but yeah. apparently he's a superstar. Yeah. So and he, and he's young. He's like he's like it a home run hitter. He's a yeah. he's a stud pitcher. He was a hundred miles an hour. I saw. So yeah. So I don't know how. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess so, we'll have to see. Yeah. That this is truly a we will see moment. I don't watch a lot of Japanese <laughs> yeah. baseball. Neither do I, <laughs> yeah. actually. Surprisingly, yeah. I don't. Um, all right. Brings us to top the next topic, which is Ben McAdoo is fired. See you which later. just puts a seal on this really weird two weeks for the Giants. Yeah. Um, they just let Ben McAdoo completely sabotage Eli Manning's start streak, uh, get him to the point where he requests a trade. And then they fire the coach. So yeah, can you tell me what the Giants are doing? Uh, I can't. So I, I talked to our roommate Rob about this, who's a big Giants fan, and he said this is actually kind of best case scenario for the owners now that the streak is yeah. dead and it's not their fault. Yeah. So they Eli Manning's on his way out. Whether he's got one year left, two years left, he's he's not Tom Brady figure where you don't know how much time he has left. They kind of need to start winding down, and instead of they, they slammed on the brakes, which yeah. is probably a bad idea. <laughs> um, but this is best case scenario for the owners to where they're like, okay, this, hey, FYI, the streak's broken. He's a great quarterback, did a lot for us. Look, we're reinstating yeah. him. We fired the coach and the GM who, who benched him. But his streak's over. Yeah. Let's start winding this, this down. So I think it's best case scenario for them, even though it was such a weird couple days. Ben McAdoo stinks. He's such a weird <laughs> dude. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm happy for the Giants. This is a good move for them to fire both these people. They are a good football team, and yeah. they just are missing a few pieces to be yeah. good. It's not like the Browns where they're rebuilding every year. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to the Bucks, who are, they're just having a down year with very good talent. Yeah, the pieces I, are there. Yeah. Pieces are there. They've had some, some key injuries. 
Um, they have a bad offensive line and a decent quarterback. So mm-hmm. I think the pieces are there. You just have to build around it. Yep. And benching Eli was a we're done. Yeah. Let's re yeah. let's redo this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, move, which I don't think was the right move. Right. Right. And they're gonna get a decent draft pick. It's true. I mean, I mean, big picture wise, it's fine that they're losing and stuff. It's just it's just weird the way it all transpired that you like kind of it almost felt like a smear campaign on Eli, like by the coach, and then they fired the coach. It's like you wonder if ownership knew what was going on the whole time, like if ownership was fine with the way that transpired, or if they sort of reacted to it by firing McAdoo. A lot, a lot of questions. Um, but either way, Giants are. I mean, it's it's not like a it's not like they're in uh, in flux with anything here. It's like they know what they're headed for. They know what that they're headed for picking getting a new quarterback sometime soon, and whether that's this year, next year, you know, whether Eli stays and, and is is their quarterback next year. There's they know that what direction they're headed in, and they know they have the pieces, like you said. So, um, next topic: Lavar Ball pulls Leangelo out of UCLA. Yeah, I, so, d- I don't really know much else about this. I maybe. do know about this because it, it very similar to Donald Trump. Lavar Ball is, knows what he's doing. He, he and he's fi- he, and he's comfortable using anyone in his path to do it. Mm-hmm. But you have to maintain this ten minutes ten minutes of fame, mm-hmm. or you're dead. So like, he he could have been a flash in the pan and, and gone away mm-hmm. and he's starting to realize that you have to do something big to stay in the spotlight mm-hmm. and that's all that matters that is all that matters yeah. doesn't matter if people like you doesn't matter if people hate you people are starting to forget he existed for like a week exactly yeah. and so he pulls his son out of um, ucla says I'm, I'm going to make him way better for the draft than ucla <laughs> ever could yeah okay sure yeah congrats and it's not about that yeah like that kid doesn't that kid's gonna lose out on an education yeah. he's probably not gonna be better for the draft However, it keeps their family in the spotlight. Yeah. He makes some more money off some shoes. Yeah. It, it just – if you're going to build a brand, unfortunately, this is what you have to do is you have to stay in, in yeah. the spotlight, and he's doing he's doing it at the expense of his children, which, yeah. is, which is tough. Yeah, and, and it does make you wonder if it's at all coinciding with, like, the Lakers having just gone into a tailspin the last couple of weeks. You know, it, it makes you wonder if, like, if he's if, – Lonzo's having a real tough time his rookie year. The Lakers start to lose more. LeVar hasn't been talked about all that much. Time to pull my second son out of college. Yeah. Like, it's just because I need to make a headline. I think he sat down and said, what's the – what decision will will keep us in the spotlight or what's, like, the best to to get the media cycle back on us? I just hope – And they went over a bunch of different options, and then that was the one they picked, which is is strange. It is. And I just hope the media can stop putting him in the spotlight. Like – he does not deserve to be in the spotlight. No, and, and and honestly, Lonzo doesn't deserve it either. Like like I kind of feel bad for Lonzo. Like he doesn't. Deserve... I feel bad for Lonzo, but yeah, it's tough no, no, to feel yeah, bad yeah. for him because you want yeah. you want oh, that whole yeah. thing to fail. I, think, I do too, but it's like I do feel a little bit bad for him because it's like he like he doesn't it doesn't seem like he brings any of it on himself. But it's like Lavar just won't will not back down. It's it's crazy. So. Um, that brings us uh, out of that topic and into the last topic here, which is the a couple topics here about the NFL, uh, not really about the games themselves, but a couple of brutal um, incidents, I'll call them, mm-hmm. which is uh, started first in the Patriots game when Gronk um, laid a cheap shot on, I don't remember who it was, a, a D-back for the Bills. Um, he was, you know, went out for a route, and this is the excuse that you're going to hear Patriots fans defend him with. Is that he probably got interfered with? It was probably pass interference. Yeah, that's no excuse. Um, 
So Gronk basically got up after the play and like body slammed him, like went back into his WWE days and body slammed the guy, yeah. which well was dangerous because it because his head hit the ground. So yeah. it's like, you know, you can't really do that, especially at the guy's head area. Very very cheap hit. So, um, this is my I, I talked to a few people about this. This is what irks me the most about Patriots fans, and, and to me, I think it's. I think this is worse with Patriots fans than any other team in this town. Like, like I think um, when Brad Marchand like lays a dirty hit, Bruins fans are very pissed at him. Like, like that's the way mo- a lot of the fans here work. Not the Patriots fans, and like it's a spoiled generation of kids who have not seen yeah. their team ever lose, and they think that they can do whatever they want. And, mm-hmm. and like that's that's is sometimes reflected in situations like this. Patriots fans defended Gronk left and right. He got suspended for a game. I fully support that. It was very cheap play. I don't think he's a dirty player. I, I think he lost his cool, but that's not an excuse. You, like the fact that he lost his cool is not does not make it okay to do that. Yeah, I, I so, agree that I don't believe Gronk is a dirty player. He yeah. he's never done this sim, this sort of thing before. Yeah. He doesn't really strike me as a person who. Well, he's a little dumb, so it, <laughs> it'll that'll come out. Yeah. Um. So when you're frustrated, that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. Um. But for sure, this is. A, a suspendable offense because yeah. this is not a a big hit in the heat of the moment. Right. This is a this person was down, yeah. laying on the ground, done, and you you pile drive your head into the back of his head, and yeah. he gets actually injured. Yeah. He he's woozy. Right. He has trouble walking off the field. So it, it's a it's a bad look for Gronk. I don't know if he's a, if he's apologized or if the Patriots have made any statement, but um, I think a one game suspension is probably the right call. Yeah. Um, especially given, I mean. The suspensions for this kind of stuff is yeah. usually in a first-time offender. I think this mm. is usually about the length. Yeah, I mean, if if Vontaze Perfect does this, for instance, it's probably more than a game. So, yeah. so I think the the record come the past record comes into play. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So overall, I mean, there's outrage over social media. A lot of people are taking using this as a spark to be like oh like look at this thug like why don't we call him a thug yeah, like they're, they're, i have a pretty strong stance on that which maybe we won't get into today we shouldn't get into that today but it they're using this as a lightning rod or you can use this however you want yeah. you can use it as a defense of gronk yeah. and or or an attack on the system mm-hmm. or attack on football or an attack on literally like race race mm-hmm. and culture yeah so yeah. you can use this however you want which i don't like yeah what and people are doing just talk about it as it is like yeah it's a dirty hit. He got suspended the yeah. appropriate amount of time, and and that's it. I, I will very, very succinctly describe my feeling on that when I say I have a strong stance, is that I think that there's a lot of people in this country who, most of them who follow our president, who are very, very ignorant and uh, so in, in some cases unwilling to accept that there's a racial uh, inequality issue in this country. Yeah. I think when you take something like that ground kit and try to say it's about race, it it more deeply entrenches those people to not move off yeah. of their stance. Oh yeah, it's so, so it's the worst. It's, and so that's why, like, it, it almost aggravates me when people take that topic and and try to tie it to race because to me that that hit has nothing to do with racial inequality in America. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so the people who are already hard to convince of that just go deeper into their shell yeah. when you try to say that that ground kit has anything to do with that. So yeah, there, there, that's my two cents. Gotcha. I mean, everything, unfortunately, has to be politicized mm-hmm. now. So even though, I mean, I get it. The response to this is probably different than the response to, like, Von Perfect or, like, right. a different person doing it. That's definitely it. true, yeah. Uh, so it, you you make your arguments where you will, but don't go to one extreme to the other because yeah. people are just going to keep getting further and further apart. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like use it as a as a platform if you want and say, listen, if this happened to an African American player, they would most likely call him a thug, or there would be some there's be backlash from a certain type of person. Yeah. But there always is. Yeah. There, there's there's from both sides. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, like when OBJ got in that fight last year, that like. I, maybe I misremember it, but I don't think people were calling him a thug. I think people were very surprised that OBJ did that because, like, where did this come from? He's yeah. never fought anyone in his life. Like, he's never been in one of these scuffles before. And so, to me, it's to me, it's it's completely about the past reputation and like who you are. Like, not the fact that you're white or black. Like, like in this situation, um, the reason it's stunning and the reason that no one calls Gronk a thug is because like everyone was stunned that Gronk did that. Like, Gronk's the jolly green giant. Like, he's. He's been that way his whole career, so it was very surprising to see him do something like that. But yeah. it's not defensible, um, and so he deserved the one-game suspension for sure. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Vontez Perfect, who yeah. we've um, talked about a bit in this segment, um, he was also one of the three people carted off in the Bengals and Steelers' um, brutal game. I mean, it was these two teams hate each other, yeah, uh, and they were uh, none of them were cheap shots. Is the thing they were all just very big legal hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think this is what the NFL is trying to avoid is this sort of carnage. And, and uh, Gruden, after the game, was saying how it sickened him to see all this, this happen. But mm-hmm. I, So I'm a football purist. I played football my entire life. I would still be playing if I was allowed to be playing. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with this style of football. I, this is football to me, and I know you want to protect players, but mm-hmm. I would be playing out there if I could yeah. with understanding the risks. Mm-hmm. So – I, I, I get if cheap shots you have to be aware of and you have to protect the players at all costs, like mm-hmm. whatever you can do. But none of these were extremely cheap shots. Right. These were all just unfortunate big hits mm-hmm. where people get hurt. Hopefully they're all okay. It, it, reports say that, that they're all okay mm-hmm. at the moment. So um, I don't know. What are, your, what are your thoughts on this this style of play? I mean, I, obviously it's a problem that so many guys are getting hurt, but when they're clean hits, there's not a lot you can do about it. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I still, like I've said, I think that – the more the, I, I for a while have thought that equipment equipment is enabling things like this. Like I think equipment is weapon now. Yeah. Like, they, they are they are launching like, themselves into yeah, each other, and there's no risk for that. Well, there is obviously risk for them, but they don't feel like there's a risk for them because their equipment is so um, like bulletproof that, that yeah. like they basically don't they won't get hurt by that until they're actually hurt. You know, there's no pain. There's no like impact pain anymore with the way that their equipment is when you're the tackler, you know, so you just launch yourself and like what really sucks is that, and this is veering off from that Bengal Steelers game, but what really sucks is that you, if I asked you like who you think, because we talk about launching and things like that. If I ask you who the most fundamentally sound defensive football player in the league is, who do you think it would be? In the league? Fundamentally Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley. And he's got the, like the most concussions of any defensive player. Yeah, that's probably true. So it's like where where the hell does this problem start and end? If 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 you look at that question and answer, and it's like Luke Keekley doesn't launch himself into guys yeah. without his arms. Luke Keekley is the best tackler I've ever seen, yeah. and, and he gets he still gets concussed all the time. So there's issues like that. I mean, I don't know. You in general, I'm I agree with you that these guys understand the risks and like you can't just like get rid of football because guys are getting hurt. But it, it I don't know. The, it has to start somewhere with ways they can start to, to reduce it. And I don't know how because it's so ingrained in the way that these players play now. Yeah, you may. So a big thing is you have to eliminate crackback blocks yeah. or crackbacks where you leave your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's a rule or it's just not enforced, but that was how Vontez got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a clean block. I mean, he 
he yeah. launched himself but, at the, the chest yeah. area, which you need to it's do. It's just so unnecessary. Like, a guy is blindsided running at a tackler. Yeah. You don't need to, like, kill him. Just to, impede to, him. Like, yeah. just, just set a pick, basically. Yeah. Like, I know, obviously, you're not going to literally set a pick. Yeah. But you set a pick and just, like, hold him up. Like, yeah. you don't, don't hold him. but like, or, sh- or, like, shove him. Like, yeah. Just, like, like, you don't have to do what is being done on these, on these crackback blocks. Yeah. So. One thing I have thought about is – if you could eliminate the block in the back rule, hmm. and you could, act, but you have to block with your hands at all times. Yeah. So there's no more, no more shoulder hit. You can't tackle people with your shoulders anymore. It's yeah. illegal. I mean, that'd be tough. Yeah. But if you hit a, if you hit someone below the knees or, or close with to the just, head with your shoulder, your shoulder yeah. eliminated. Yeah. Like you're 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 flagged. However, if you if you can block anyone at any time with your hands. It's such a monumental shift. It is a monumental <laughs> shift, but you mean yeah. I don't know what else yeah, to do. But it's true. Like people are, you're right. It's no one teaches how to tackle anymore. Yeah. Um, hopefully, there's this grassroots uprising of of kids learning how to tackle. But there was a, a period of time where, like, in the '90s, people who were pl- who are playing football right now, where the highlights were just the biggest hits. Yeah. You'd go to Blockbuster and buy DVDs of the biggest yeah. hits, yeah. and that was your football. Yeah. So now they're all playing football right now. Um. So I hope I hope the younger generation is learning how to tackle and all these rules are being implemented and whatnot. But um, I, I don't think you're going to stop this sort of thing without a monumental shift. Yeah. You can keep ratcheting it down, ratcheting right. it down, but three people are going to get carted off it with no flags. Right. It, like there's, right. it is what it is. It's true. It's true. So it's, it's thanks to see that kind of carnage. So we'll see uh, if that ever changes in the NFL, but uh, unfortunate to see it uh, at least in, especially on clean hits, like we said. So, uh, anything else on the NFL, football, sports? No, I love it all. All right. I love it all, too. Uh, brings us to the final drive. You want to go first? You want to go second? I'll go first. First, okay. Yeah. So, bowl season is here. College football bowl season. And that means gambling is here. So, you can now gamble on the bowls um, through my annual and my family's annual bowl pick'em. Uh, so, if you'd like to join the bowl pick'em, just let me know. I'll, I'll be circulating the um, Excel spreadsheet with in the week uh first game is on the 14th i believe maybe a little sooner um but it's just pick them to win them uh, 10 bucks entry last year i think the winner got 250 bucks nice. um, shout out to billy giff last year's winner <laughs> um so it, no spreads very easy my grandma has won by picking where she would rather visit my aunt has won by picking which jersey she liked better literally she's beat out my entire family <laughs> so um a dead dog has won once by flipping a coin for each pick. Wow. Yep. Um, the owner obviously flipped the coin of the <laughs> dead dog. The dead dog didn't do it. Presumed. Yeah, presumed. presumed. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to be in the bowl, in the bowl pick them, let me know. It's a very fun time. There's a lot of trash talking. Um, and it makes the entire bowl season very enjoyable. When you're watching the Bad Boys Mowers Gasparilla Bowl <laughs> and it's Akron versus... Uh, Toledo. Toledo. Um, I don't know if that's really it. I don't know. It may be. Um, you'll you'll be watching it, and it'll go into overtime, and you'll need Toledo to hit the kick. Yeah. You'll need Toledo to yeah. win this game because it counts yeah. the same as the national championship game. Yeah. So it, it actually makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so if you'd like to join, let me know. Either way, it's my favorite sports season of the year is bowl season. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Nice. There we go. So let Steve know if you want to join the bowl pool. Uh, I certainly will be joining it and hoping uh, to win for the first time. So Go Toledo! Um, 
So my final drive uh, on Friday, I went to the Cheeky Monkey Brewery, which is in Fenway on Lansdowne. Uh, it's actually where Tequila Rain used to be. That place doesn't seem to be able to stay in business. Um, I think multiple venues have gone in and out of there, but it's a big venue. Uh, if, you, if, anybody you remember, if any of you remember Tequila Rain, there was a huge area in the back with like a ton of TVs on the wall. Um, and so that's all turned into the Cheeky Monkey Brewery. So they have like a bar in the front, and then when you head out to the back, there's, I think, six pool tables, three ping pong tables, uh, four shuffleboard tables, wow. and like a little arcade in the back. So it's like, it's a very unique place um, for a brewery, especially. It feels kind of interesting. It's not like, um, it, does, it doesn't have the same normal brewery feel to me. It was more just like a bar. Um, but the beer was pretty good. The beer's a little expensive. I think it was like eight bucks for one of their taller drafts. Um, but their, their, the beer they brew there is pretty good. Um, and it was a very, it was a cool place. If you wanted to like go for either an office outing or like a, a, a get together, you probably wouldn't just go there with like two people because you wouldn't be able to really get a pool table probably unless it was not crowded. Um, but it's a really interesting place to go with a group. Um, and as long as you have a tab, like ordering stuff from one of the servers, like either drinks or food or both, um, then you're able to get one of those pool tables or something. So it's, it's a cool place. Uh, it's a cool vibe. It was the first time I'd been there, and it's new, so I'm hoping the place succeeds and uh, encourage you to try it out if you're in the area. So Cheeky, Monkey Cheeky Monkey Brewery. Where is it? Yeah. Fenway? It's on, it's on Lansdowne Street. Cool. So it, I'm interested to see how it is before and after Red Sox games, actually, because it's like a, it's a place that could get really crowded because it's huge, but there's also it's also like kind of novel because it's like pool tables and things like that, so like I don't know if that's really a pregame crowd or, mm. or what. So it'll be interesting. It's on Lansdowne, so I don't know how you're going to avoid that huge crowd for Red Sox games. They do food? They do food. Hmm. Um, the, it, it seemed more like uh, it was one of those like classier bar type foods, you know, where it's like the menu's kind of weird, but like it's still bar food. Yeah, so like Scholars. Like, yeah, well, yeah. It's actually you could compare it to Scholars. I would say it's not quite as uh, douchey as Scholars is. So, <laughs> good. That's good. Um, so that's so not yeah, hard. That's not hard go. to do. Exactly. So, uh, so that's it. Cheeky Monkey. Uh, encourage you guys to check it out. Cool. So, well, that does it for episode eighty-seven. Yeah, eighty-seven in the books. In the books. So. Um, any, any final thoughts? No. We'll see you guys next week for episode 88. All right. Later days.